All right, lift your right hand with me. Say, Heavenly Father, your word is already anointed. Anoint my ears this morning to be a recipient of the word. Grant me a humble heart to receive your word with meekness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is already anointed. I ask that you anoint my lips of clay. Use me to be a blessing to your people. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto thee this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Resume your seat. Indeed, the Lord has been good. We thank God for how far he has brought us. Thank you for the wonderful music. This morning, I have a word from the bishop for you. Hallelujah. You are not excited. This morning, I'm standing here as a representative of the bishop with a direct message from the bishop to the church this day. Hallelujah. You want to go with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to take it again. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. It says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Amen. In the next 40 to 45 minutes, I want to speak on something I've entitled The Work of Ministry or The Work of the Man of God. The Work of Ministry. In the opening scripture that we just read, Paul was literally pleading with the church to recognize and esteem those people who God has set over them as leaders. Hallelujah. We saw from last week's discourse, Ephesians 4, 8, 11 and 12, that when God ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men and unto some people. He gave apostles, to some he gave prophets, and some he gave evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So these people that God gave to the church, or these gifts that God gave to the church, Paul was admonishing the church to esteem these people very highly. But in today's world, the men of God that God has set over us have become objects of ridicule. By the world and even by people in the church. What a shock. We don't regard men of God any longer. You hear people make loose comments like, men of God are lazy people. Men of God, they should go and look for a better job to do. Hey, some people will say that, what at all do these people do? What, what is their work? And we seem to downplay the role of men of God in the church and in the body of Christ, even to the world at large. Because the Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. So the men of God are not only called to the church, they are also called to the world. To reach the world with the power of God like our bishop is doing. But many people think that the work of the men of God is irrelevant. For some of them, they don't even see that the men of God are working at all. They think that the work of the man of God cannot be compared to the work of secular people. And because of that, they brand men of God as lazy people. So, immediately a young man says, I want to become a man of God, or God has called me into ministry. Then the rest of the world begin to see this fellow as a lazy person. He doesn't know what to do with his life. So, he wants to settle down 
and chop people's money. Hey, you have some people here who believe that men of God are lazy people. Hallelujah. Yeah. Some of you, I follow your comments on Facebook and other stuff like that. And you don't say that men of God are lazy. But by the kind of things that you say, the kind of responses you give to certain comments, is indicative that you are implying that men of God are lazy people. Nevertheless, we cannot rule out the fact that some men of God are lazy. But for us in Perez Chapel, our men of God are not lazy. And I strongly believe that in other Bible-centered, charismatic churches and orthodox churches, the men of God are not lazy. Hallelujah. Do we believe that? Some people say that pastoral ministry is not work. But in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 17, Paul says to the church, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Let them be counted worthy of double honor. Especially those who labor in word and in doctrine. Those who labor in word and in doctrine. So the work of the man of God is described as labor. Labor. And the Greek word that has been translated into this particular labor means to work until you are tired. It means to put in mental and physical effort to achieve a goal. So Paul was saying that the men of God in the church, they labor. They put in mental and physical effort to ensure that the word of God is propagated. So it is not just about standing here on a Sunday morning to preach 45 minutes. That you see that I am working. We work. Yeah. I am proudly a man of God. Some people also say that ministry work is inferior. And a reserve for unintelligent people. People who don't know book. People who are aimless. They do the work of ministry. By the grace of God, I am in strong upper. Yeah. And I'm trusting God. Even though sometimes I want to settle for less. But we are trusting God and believing God that we push into the first class. Amen. So the work of the man of God is not reserved for inferior people. God actually wants intelligent people. Because it takes intelligence to handle the word of truth very faithfully. If you are not intelligent, you can't study the word of God. If you are not intelligent, you can't relate with people. Hallelujah. Our bishop is not a lazy man. And he is not somebody who doesn't have something to do. That's why he went into ministry. He has studied a lot. He has written many books. Traveled around the world. Sat with presidents. Do you think any... any this one can go that far hallelujah so if you are thinking that the work of the man of god is for inferior people please rethink again some people say that ministry work is a reserve for older folks so people who have grown advanced well in age and those kind of things they can do ministry for young people let's enjoy ourselves hallelujah for young people let's chill and let's use our energy doing secular work and pursuing other stuff, pursuing our visions, pursuing all worldly things. And then when we grow old and we are feeble and not able to do anything, then we come to Jesus and say that here I am, Lord, use me. Use me for your glory. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. God is looking for young, energetic people like you and myself. Hallelujah.
So ministry work is not for old people. The amount of working we work every day around this campus doing the work of ministry cannot be done by old people. God needs your strength. Tell your neighbor, God needs your strength. Hallelujah. So as young as we are, this is the time that we have to do the work of ministry. The Bible says that we should remember our creator in the days of our youth. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Which means that we have to remember God and do the work of ministry now that we are in our youthful ages. So that God will see the best of us. Hallelujah. Our bishop started doing ministry around 23, 22, 23, thereabouts. How many of us are below 20 here? Give me a wave. Okay. If you are below 20. Wow, nice. I envy you. Hallelujah. But majority of us are above 20. And by this time, our bishop was holding mega crusades. We are here eating shawarma. We are eating pizza. Anguamu and shito. By this time, our bishop was traveling around the world doing crusades. Experiencing the power of God manifesting places. Hey! Impacting people. We are comfortably sleeping and eating shawarma. The work of ministry is not a reason for older people. Hallelujah. Some people say that the work of ministry is a reason for poor people. So, men of God should remain poor. They shouldn't break through. They should be poor. So for them... The thing that holiness is or purity is poverty. Purity is not poverty. Hallelujah. Purity is not poverty. As a matter of fact, the men of God in the scriptures who imparted their generations were wealthy people. They commanded wealth. The work of ministry demands money. 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 We need to paint this place. We are looking at putting some giant screen here so that we'll be projecting scriptures. We are looking at putting curtains all over this place so that the sound will not be escaping. So much distraction from the other places. We are looking at putting water stand here. When you come, you take one bottle of water, you sip whilst you are listening to the word. The work of ministry is not for people who are poor. Hallelujah. So you, you remain where you are. And say that men of God should be poor. Yeah. They should be poor. So that at the time they'll be depending on you. You'll be controlling their lives. Controlling their assignments. So that men who are in the church, who are wealthy, will decide that pastor is preaching too much on holiness. So because of that, we are not bringing our tithes. So that pastor will starve. Hallelujah. Men of God must be rich. We must be rich. So when you are praying, pray for us that we will get money. We will command wealth. We will sit with ministers and influence national decisions. Hallelujah. Some people say that ministry work is easy. It's easy. It's not demanding like secular work. I can tell you that the work of ministry is not easy. Hallelujah. It's not as easy as you think. A lot of men of God are working 24 hours a day non-stop. 11 p.m. You call pastor. You want pastor to respond. When you call MTN at 6 p.m., they decide to pick or not. Hallelujah. Even for them, they have people who are running shifts. The man of God doesn't run shifts. 24-7. Somebody's calling him at the hospital. He has to be there. One time, 
I had to pick a taxi from town. From town. Pedu. Straight to go and pick a sick person. Take the person. Hey! I was hungry. The work is not as easy as you think. Hallelujah. By the time you finish, you see that the work of ministry is not easy as you think. It is by the grace of God that men of God are able to do all these things that they are doing. The work of God or the work of ministry is a mysterious work. It's not like our secular work. It is very complex. There is no closing time. There is no starting time. Right from the time I resumed office as president of campus ministry, I've not had closing time. I've not had starting time. 24-7, I am the president. I have to deal with issues concerning PCM. And we have to also understand that the work of people differ from industry to industry. If you are a banker, what you do is to count money and deal with money. So you are working. Usain Bolt is an athlete. He runs. So when he wakes up in the morning and he's jogging, he's working. True or false? Very good. If a teacher in the morning is jogging, is he working? He's not working. He's doing exercise. If a professional athlete is running or jumping, he's working. But for you, the ordinary person, you are doing exercise. The same applies to the work of the man of God. As you are a child of God, you are supposed to pray, study, read your Bible and all of that, do evangelism and all of that. You are not doing that as a person who is professional. You are doing it as a child of God. But immediately you become a man of God, a professional person, ordained of God, anointed of God, chosen of God to be a pastor, a prophet, an apostle, an evangelist, and whatever office it is. Studying the word becomes work. Because this time around you are not studying for yourself. You are studying both for yourself and to impact other people. So you hear people say that we all pray. Why is the man of God considered working? Because I pray, he also prays. But you have to understand that he is praying as a profession. Hallelujah. Yeah. I like the way some of you are looking at me. The man of God is actually working. Now let's see some few things that the man of God does, which is work. Let's see some of the work of the man of God. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. One of the greatest works that the man of God does is to labor in prayer. And when we say the man of God is laboring in prayer, he does a lot of things in the area of prayer. Hallelujah. Are we together? Prayer is one of the things that the man of God cannot do without. As a matter of fact, our bishop in his book, Fasting and Prayer, Releasing God's Explosive Power, says this. It is impossible to find a man with genuine Holy Ghost unction who doesn't practice prayer and fasting as a lifestyle. So to the man of God, fasting and prayer is a lifestyle. You pray whether you feel like praying or not. So even as you are praying, maybe 30 minutes or one hour or two hours or three hours when you are comfortable, the man of God is praying all around. Hallelujah. He's laboring in prayer for the flock. As a matter of fact, we labor in prayer for souls to be saved. And when souls are saved, we don't just leave them like that. We labor. Paul says that we labor again until Christ be formed in you. 
So the man of God labors in prayer to ensure that the souls are established in the word. Prayer is labor. It is a work. And every man of God must be a person of prayer. If you see a man of God who is not a person of prayer, then you can say that the man of God is either lazy or the man of God is lacking behind in one aspect of his assignment. But one assignment of the man of God is to labor in prayer for the church. First, he labors for himself. Bible says that the husband man, that laborer, must be first partaker of the fruits. 2 Timothy 2.6 so the man of God labors for himself to be consecrated and to be used by God. He presents himself to God as a vessel to be used in a place of prayer. So he labors in prayer that he himself will be sanctified and he himself will be anointed of God to be a blessing to the church. Not only that, the man of God also labors in prayer for the spiritual growth of the church. Galatians 4.19 Galatians 4.19 my dear children, I feel as if I am going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in our lives or in your lives. So the man of God is on a forever assignment because maturity of the believer takes forever. Until we meet Christ Jesus that day, maturity doesn't stop. So the man of God is on a forever assignment in prayer ensuring that Christ is formed in the people of God. Hallelujah. We cannot take the work of the man of God very lightly at all. Then the next thing is that he labors that the will of God will be done in the life of the flock. The man of God labors that the will of God will be done in the life of the flock. For many people, they don't even know the will of God concerning their lives. It took the man of God or their pastors to call them and say that I see you moving in this direction or I strongly believe that this is the assignment God has for your life. And the man of God ensures that he continues praying for the church. Most of the times when I am praying with my bishop, I didn't say the bishop, my bishop. In Paris Chapel, we have only one, the bishop. All other people are either your bishop or our bishop. You have only one, the bishop. Hallelujah. For the time that I had a privilege to pray with my bishop, most of the prayers he prays is for the people. And I'm wondering, this man, don't you have anything you have to pray for yourself? And he's laboring in prayer hours, three hours, five hours, six hours. The man of God also ensures that he prays for the people of God so that the will of God will be done in their life. Colossians 4.12 Colossians 4.12 Epaphras who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Hallelujah. So the man of God, your pastor is praying for you. Right now you are in school, but your pastor is laboring when anytime he, he mounts the altar of prayer, he releases prayer towards your assignment, towards God's will to be done in your life. Are we together? So, we cannot join the crowd to say that men of God are lazy. Because we don't see what they do tangibly. Because we don't see the man of God going about carrying blocks. Or packing chairs on a Sunday morning. We conclude that the man of God is lazy. Preaching cannot be quantified in terms of money. Hallelujah. The preaching I preach now, who can pay me? Pay maybe the number of words or... I don't know the criteria you used to. 
Evangelism and visitation cannot be quantified in terms of money. But if a sales rep goes out to go and speak to people, there is commission. They tell him if you speak to two people and then they buy the product, we give you so so and so amount. But the work of ministry, we can't quantify it. We can't attach monetary value to it. And because of that, we think that it is a lazy work. The powerful ministration that the choir just gave, you were blessed. Yeah, we were blessed. Maybe you and I was blessed. I came with a heavy heart. My body has been lifted. Amen. I was blessed, but I can't quantify how much I'll pay the choir for lifting my burden. Will it even be enough? So the work of the man of God is very important. Then the man of God also prays for the impartation of spiritual gifts to the people of God so that they will become very relevant in their calling. Romans chapter 1 verse 11. Romans 1 11. Paul says, for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts, to the end that ye may be established. So the man of God labors that there will be an impartation of spiritual gift to the flock, to the people of God. Amen. For many of us, we didn't know our spiritual gifts until we started associating with a certain man of God who led us to discover our gifts. So he labors in prayer for the church, for the people, so that their assignments and then their giftings will come alive. Then the next thing the man of God does is that he prays for the protection of the flock. He prays for the protection of the flock. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. Luke 22, 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Hey! But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So the reason why Peter was not destroyed in this temptation was because his man of God, his bishop prayed for him. Hallelujah. So the man of God, they pray for us. They may not come to you and tell you personally that I'm praying for you. But they labor in prayer. They spend hours in prayer. So that your traveling to school will be a successful one. They spend minutes and hours in prayer. So that your family will be protected from every orchestration of the enemy. And you can't pay them for this service. So we can't conclude that men of God are lazy. My bishop is not a lazy man. He's a very hard working man. He can fast and pray several hours. Sometimes when, when January fasting begins, the way he loses weight. When I see how he loses weight, you know, sometimes I fear for myself. Hey, is this the path you are going to be walking? They labor in fasting and prayer. And Bishop talks about how you fast and pray several times. Sometimes going 40 days without food, but surviving on water and honey and maybe vegetables for 40 days. 40 days. But for some of us, when we are fasting for one day, 6 by 9 a.m., we are exhausted. Hey! So, by us by 10.30, we break the fast. And the men of God are laboring fasting all the time. Huh? This book is filled with testimonies of fasting and prayer. You should get a copy. 35 Ghana cities. 
The man of God also prays for the revelation of the word so that he will be able to hold forth the word of truth and to present it to the flock very powerfully. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 to 18. We will not read that one. Ephesians 1 16 to 18. But the man of God prays. He labors in prayer so that he himself, one, will get the revelation of the word to be able to present the truth in the word to you. Then he also labors in prayer for you so that you can be able to understand the word that is coming so that your eyes will be open to receive revelation bible says that the entrance of the word brings understanding and the entrance of the word must come by prayer the word doesn't just enter into you the man of god will pray and believe god that even as he's preaching the word of god somebody will be imparted and blessed are we in church amen then the next thing the man of God does, Acts 4, Acts 4, he says that we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The ministry of the word. This is a very broad topic. It involves reading, studying, meditation, teaching, preaching, exhorting, rebuking, counseling. All of these things are coagulated in the ministry of the word. A man who goes to sleep and wakes up suddenly successful is a man who was not asleep in the first place. Because you can't wake up one morning and become successful. The man of God labors in the study of the word. In the study of the word. In the study of the word. For some of us, we labor in the study of chemistry. We labor in the study of biology. Financial accounting. We labor in further calculus 1 and 2. I remember how we labored in that course. Not sleeping for 24 hours to write one exam. We were laboring in worldly knowledge. The man of God labors in the study of the word. Comparing scriptures. Drawing parallels. Concordances. Hey! Bibliographies. Yeah, lexicons. And other powerful books. And then they will study the thing. Draw parallels. Then on Sunday morning, they come and give you only 45 minutes. And say, Charlie, the word was powerful. You say the word of God is powerful. But they do a lot of study of the word. Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. It says that steady to show thyself approved unto God. Steady to show yourself approved. Titus chapter 1 verse 9. He must have a firm grasp of the trustworthy message that he has to be able to teach. And these things suggest that the man of God must be a man of steady. The man of God is always striving to be full of the word so that he can also impart it unto people. And immediately you stop studying, you become suffocated because people draw from you and there is no replacement so anytime there is a cash out there must be a cushion for there to be power electricity must flow to the man of god before flowing out to the congregation it is impossible to do the work of ministry without studying and without reading the word of god the man of god must feed the flock john chapter 21 verse 16 and Jesus said unto Peter, feed my sheep. To feed the sheep, the man of God must be able to locate healthy food in the word of God. 
And then he should be able to test for the safety of the word by consuming the word himself to see whether this word is good for himself before passing it on to the congregation. So actually, I don't, I don't know about other men of God, but we read the word, we study. The message we come and preach, we study the thing. And then we also try to preach it to ourselves so that also be a partaker of the word. Hallelujah. Then one other thing that a man of God does is that he prepares sermons. He prepares and delivers the sermons. It is part of the studying of the word. He does the reading, the teaching, the preaching, and all of that. This is one of the components of the preaching. One of the components is that the man of God prepares sermons. Sermons are like granite soup. They must be cooked. You combine components. Granite paste is there. Pepper day inside. Fish day inside. Garden egg day inside. Salt day inside. Garden egg to the inside, eh? And okra day inside. I like the okra one. And then you mix everything and other ingredients and you cook it. And you get granite soup. So a salmon is like granite soup. It takes a tedious process to prepare the thing. Hallelujah. And the man of God goes through the process of preparing the thing. Learning about salmon structure. Homiletics. Hermeneutics. Hey! Some of you are hearing some of these things for the first time. True or false? He studies all of these things so that he can present a good sermon to you. If I come here and I jump from one test to another and then I finish my conclusion, then I say, oh, I forgot something. Then I went back to come and preach it. Then, hey! Prezo, what are you doing? Hallelujah! So this is what the man of God does. And after preparing the sermon, he masters the sermon. And then he comes to deliver the sermon. The sermon delivery is not just about coming to speak or read your notes. I just want you to appreciate the work of the man of God. Because by the time the servant of God does all these things, he has overworked himself more than somebody who is a banker at the bank. 8 p.m. you are still studying. 4 p.m. the banker is closed. One other thing the man of God does is that he provides pastoral care for the church or for the flock. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 2. Feed the flock of God which is among you. 1 Peter 5 2. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Taking oversight thereof, not by constraint but willingly. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, 20 verse 28 to 29. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and unto the flock. So the man of God provides pastoral care for the flock. He ensures that the flock or the sheep is safe. He does visitations. He does callings, checking up on people to see how they are doing. For some people, the man of God has to go and snatch them from danger. Yeah. I remember a man of God saying that he went to one of his members' hostel and the sister was hiding a brother there. Yeah. So he peeped through there. This one saw the guy. He said, hey, I know this guy. This guy is a dangerous guy. He's a wolf. So the sister came out. Brothers, I want to go inside. When he went inside, he saw the brother. After everything, he told, told the sister, This guy is a dangerous wolf. If you value your life, run away. 
The man of God went to deliver the sister from the mouth of the wolf. Yeah. So most of the time, they do snatching. We snatch you. Through our prayer, through our encouragement, our words of motivation, we snatch some people. By the time I, put, I post some things on my status for you to read about relationship, you start thinking about going to break your relationship. I am snatching you from the wolf. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Then the man of God also provides counseling. He provides counseling to the flock. A lot of worldly people have consultation services. Thousand Ghana, you go for consultation. The man of God gives free consultation. Aside a few people who take money for consultation, I know our pastors in Perez Chapel give free consultation. They give you knowledge, business ideas, help you to think through certain decisions concerning your life for free. You think they are not working. If you were in a secular organization, you would have gotten a huge sum of money for such an idea. They are working. The man of God is also a shield and a shelter for the people of God. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 7. Smile the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. The man of God is like a shield to the sheep. He provides spiritual covering for them. We are under the covering of our bishop. So he is the one who is become our spiritual habitation. We are benefiting from his anointing, from his protection, from his providence. And for some of you, by the time you mention bishop's name, people begin to have confidence in you. Yeah, because they believe in the bishop. Amen. I want to wrap up. The man of God also does administrative work. So you see that the work of the man of God is very tedious. We don't only come here to come and preach. We have meetings. Almost every two weeks, we have meetings with the national secretariat. Take decisions. Yeah. We go to the dome for training sessions during the lockdown. We did online training. You were sleeping. We were studying online. Administrative work. Documentation. Secretary is documenting things there. FS is documenting things there. When they finish, I'll sit down, I'll prepare a report and submit it every Sunday. Administrative work. You think we are sleeping? Not at all. <laughs> we are working. The man of God deals with other institutions like the law firms, financial institutions. We go to the bank. I go, I deposit money into our account. I withdraw. When the bank needs our services, they call me. I go there to go and do it. If I'm not able to go, one of my executives is, is there doing the work. Administrative work. Man of God. When God called me, he said I should preach. He didn't say I should do administrative work. But see how loaded the work is. Precious one, let's begin to appreciate the work of the man of God. Because by the time a Sunday runs out, the man of God has done multiple jobs that the people of the world have not done. In the morning, he wakes up, he calls people, checks up on people, come to church. He's doing the work of a call service. Then he comes to church, he comes to preach. He's doing the work of a sales representative, imparting knowledge, selling his business ideas to people to receive. After that, he does visitation. Does administrative work. The work of the man of God is not something small. 
So precious one, let's begin to esteem the people who God has set over us as our shepherds. So that we begin to appreciate the work that they do. And let's stop saying that they should go and look for a better job. Which job could be better than this work that we are doing? What work can be better than preaching and doing the work of God? Working for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am waiting for the time that I will check out of secular work and I will do full-time ministry. Yeah. It's not that I don't have anything to do. I am skillful. If you know me, I am a very skillful person. I am a graphic designer. I am a fashion designer. Hey! I know how to create websites. I am a teacher. Trained professional teacher. But no work is more glorious than the work of preaching. Than the work of ministry. I find fulfillment doing this thing. I look forward. When I ask somebody to come and preach, I'm myself, I, I wish that I'll come and preach. So I'm itching to do the thing. The zeal of the Lord has consumed me. Yeah. I want to preach. Somebody preached and when he dies, they wrote on his tombstone. Yeah, they said they wrote on it. He preached Christ. What an honor. I want to be laid to rest. Then the right over there, he preached Christ. Not he worked in a bank. Not he was a financial administrator for a bank of Ghana. What job is more glorious than this work that we are doing? Let's begin to appreciate the work of the man of God. So that we can be able to set them in the proper position to do their work with their hearts. Because the Bible says that they will give account for our souls. They will give account for our souls. Therefore, we shouldn't let them be doing the work with a heavy heart. Last Sunday, Bishop preached the message, the rewards of a man of God. How many people listen to that message? The rewards of the man of God. And after he preached the message, one blogger went to pick one statement that the bishop made out of a sentence. He just cut the thing like that. And then he blocked it. That bishop says that church members who don't take care of their pastors are not doing well. And as at yesterday around 9 a.m., there were 791 comments, negative comments. Negative comments. So I intentionally went to the profiles of some of the people to see whether they are believers or they are worldly people. And these are people who have identified as Christians and done some things or posted some things on their profile which suggested that they are believers. Precious one, we cannot continue to slay our soldiers. So in as much as the work of the man of God is tedious and draining on him, the reason why a lot of the families of men of God or their children become wayward is because there is the demand of the work is so much that they are not able to concentrate on their families. Let's support them. Let's hold their hands to do the work by esteeming them and honoring them even as we have to. Precious one, this morning, you want to rise to your feet in the space of one minute. You just want to pray for your pastor. You want to pray for your pastor. You want to pray for the executives of this ministry. You want to just pray for them. Pray for them. That God will grant them strength to do the work. That God will help them, grant them wisdom to be able to navigate the waters of the work of ministry. Because we are here to come and study. I am doing B.E. Mathematics. I am not reading B.S.C. Ministry. So we are combining the work of ministry with our academic work. You want to pray for your pastor. Lift your voice. It's just one minute. Lift your voice. 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 
Libra de Scaparos Kididi Brenta Belebepe. Oh, Lakindo, Bradiba, Hadikas, Antradika, Shade, Rekinda, Lakasanda, Brandeski, Didi Brento, Lagadus, Enter the Brenta, the Debowski, Didi, Ladi, Antradika, Shada Paya, Koshada, the Bose, Lebre, Kosha, Antada, the Broski, Didi Brenta, Gadebede, Libaraka, Shanda. Oh, lift your voice, Ragadia, Lakedo, Shada Brandeske, Peruski, Didi Brando, Lumanesh, Ende, Kadi, Bradika, Zakatuse, Lebrekosha, Antada, Dabrowski, Didi Brando, Limane, Kade, Kadusha, Antada, Dabranda, Leruske, Periando, Mradiba, Habadika, Tayandi, Bidianto, Shida, Dadaduze, Libarakinda, Bradeka, Shadea, Lagadosa, Skada, Dakosha, Antada, Dabranta, lift your voice, lift your voice. They deserve double honor who labor in word and in doctrine. They deserve double honor, double honor. One of the ways you can honor the man of God is to pray with the man of God. One of the ways you can honor the man of God is to help him carry the burden of prayer. Lift your voice, Ragadaya, Lebreko Shadapaya, Repende Pede de Brain Tebelebepe, Rekinda Paruska Paya, Ashegetua Palibra Kusa Ante, Regindos Lakida Paraka Shade, Regedes Baradiko Shadapaya. Ah lagada zebreketes ke peruski di brando lumaraki antradi ko sede pe repende parada ko sada da branta repende bere de pente de boski di dividi maligadika sada branda ka zaga de pe rekika to paleke sadea lift the voice rago sada pe want to pray for the bishop want to pray with the bishop Last week we did a week what is birthday. Want to pray with him, want to extend our prayer also to him. That God will protect him and his family. That God will use him for his glory. That God will protect him and deliver him from wicked and unreasonable men. That his family will continue to be examples unto this generation. Reketes kaparos kepe mereka shanda ribadus para kanda mrada dada dize lika daka shanda bradege zege debeli mana nana nasa rekinda paros kidi di brenta repeya para papa zebredos kidi di brenta gadebe in the glorious name of Jesus. So Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And the saints will give me a big amen. Hallelujah.